Welcome to the latest edition of my podcast, Footy Corner with Oloima. In today's edition, we're going to be talking probably the most sensational news and the football scene this morning. How about having Messi and Ronaldo, Cristiano Ronaldo and Lionel Messi in the same team? These players have defined what we call entertainment, achievements, world-class performances, and everything good about football, trophies. In the past 15 years, these guys have been amazing. They've divided opinion and it seems the argument of who is better is going to last an eternity. But according to Spanish journalist Guillaume Balagi this morning, it just seems that both players could link up at Barcelona because according to him, Juventus are ready to offload him due to his wage, due to his wages. Due to the wage structure, he's, he's earning a lot there and they would like to actually offload him at this moment in time. But then we're, in this podcast, we're going to be considering what this means for Barcelona, what this means for La Liga, what this means for football fans across the world. Now, the first thing I'm going to be talking about and this story is the potentials in their partnership. Now we know that as much as these players have they've taken the reason to the occasion over the past 15 years to define what we call the best football ever played on the planet. They've been in the best teams in the past 15 years. And between them, they've won 11 Ballon d'Ors and of course they've also won a good number of Champions League. Messi has not been too successful on the international scene but Ronaldo has achieved the Euros and of course he's also achieved the uh, league uh, competition, the Euro, what's it called now? He's also achieved at least two silverware with his country. So, that being said, we know these players are winners, definitely. And we love to see them play. However, we're going to be considering the, what, they could, what they could offer together, playing as teammates. Now, for me, I think most likely that Ronaldo would be the goal scorer and he would enjoy playing with a very very humble and very 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 creative and very unselfish player because Messi is sure to actually get his goals even while creating assists for Cristiano so this makes it really wonderful and it makes it scary for La Liga defenses having the best players in the world and probably of all time lining up against them Messi playing just off Ronaldo while Ronaldo playing up front leading the line that could even include leading the attacking line that that could possibly in, include Luis Suarez 
could include Antoine Griezmann, some of the other best players in the world who, although this season, have not been on the peak of their abilities. And also there's a certain Usman Dembele on the bench. Ansu Fati, a young rising star in football. So there's a lot of potential in this partnership when you think of it. Goals are assured, assists are assured, flair, passion, trophies, of course, entertainment. And of course, the marketing structure, what it will mean. But although this, this, this would put a lot in question in regards to how they will manage having the two most expensive players in the world in terms of wages, Ronaldo and Messi, that is. It's, it remains to be seen how Barcelona can handle such financial demands, especially in this period when the pandemic is ravaging the world's economy. So, that being said, it doesn't reduce the fact that there's a lot of potential. Uh, there's a lot of potentials in this partnership. There's a lot that could that could happen with this partnership, and it is sure to work because the best players can definitely play together. They can definitely hit their strides, not just their strides. Hit giant strides. They could actually change the narrative again playing together though they do not have the best of time left in football because they played their best years already and they are coming to the end of their careers but Messi and Ronaldo you sure want to see them play you sure want to see what they can do on the ball you sure want to see goals you want to see assists you want to see titles you want to see Messi and Ronaldo celebrating together you want to see if they could even handle the potential of the controversy when things go wrong. So it's for football fans, it would be really good to see. It's gonna be a good move on that basis. But then we have to ask the big question: can they really play together? Yes, the best players can play together. But for Messi and for Ronaldo, players that have dominated. They've dominated football, they've won the most individual awards in world football and since 2008 they've been winning and just Luka Modric in 2018 was able to break the monopoly between them. But can they, they, can they really handle the ego? Can they really focus on the game without having personal issues? Of course it's on the look of things it seems like they have a good working relationship the way they speak of each other whenever they are interviewed about each other looks like of course they are on good terms but playing on the same team can they in the same dressing room wouldn't the, the team be factionalized these are things that we must consider when talking about Messi and Ronaldo playing in the same team. Either way, it doesn't change the fact that we all want to see them play together and it doesn't change the fact that it's an exciting proposition. Now, we're going to also consider what it means for Barcelona and for the La Liga. Ronaldo would be returning to the La Liga and that will mean that more people will be watching the La Liga and in fact, 
it, it becomes interesting because Ronaldo will be playing against his old team, Real Madrid, where he spent nine years at the club. So after the rivalry and the it's of course the classical will be center of attraction once again. The classical, of course, without Ronaldo in it in the past two years, arguably it's not the classical we used to know, but with Ronaldo done in the Barcelona game, it becomes really exciting to watch again. So, and there's a potential of Lionel Messi and Ronaldo lining up alongside Luis Suarez, lining up alongside Usman Ndebele in the La Liga. Even in the Champions League, we have to consider that as well because it's it's just it's just looking really destructive as an attack. It's gonna be an attack that lacks nothing really. Goals, assists, creativity, flair, everything you want to mention is gonna be in that assist. So if this happens, it's gonna be difficult to really stop them. It's gonna be difficult to really stop that kind of attack because that is most probably the best attack we would have ever seen in football history well we also have to consider that if Ronaldo makes the switch to the no camp one player would have to be salvaged one player would have to be salvaged in the Barcelona starting lineup who that player is well if you ask me, Usman Ndebele has not really staked the claim to be a regular due to his consistent injury woes. So I don't think that Usman Ndebele has a shout out if Ronaldo makes that move. Ansu Fati, a young man who is trying to make a name for himself, well, would have to make way for Ronaldo if you ask me because Antoine Griezmann on his day is also one of the best players in the world and if he can get that form again if he can get his atletico form back again then i don't see why Ansu Fati would compete or even make the team probably Ansu Fati would just have to leave the no camp but of course the lineup of suarez Griezmann, and of course, Cristiano Ronaldo with Lionel Messi creating chances, pulling the strings of <laughs> behind these players is an amazing prospect. And for the love of football, I personally would want to see this happen. So it's been wonderful trashing things out on this podcast. Messi and Ronaldo lining up in Barcelona jersey. Maybe it's the stuff of dreams or maybe it could really happen. But you never know, it's football. It's football and that's why we love the game. So, thank you for listening to this podcast. There's sure, to, there's sure more to come in, in the coming days, of course. Because football is a roller coaster sport. It's always going to come with its ups and downs. It's always going to talk, come with trends and many things to discuss. So, the Europa League is still on, the Champions League is still on, and I'll be doing my preview on Barcelona versus Bayern Munich very, very soon. The match is happening tomorrow. In fact, I do that in another podcast today. So thank you for listening to this one. I love you guys. 
I remain Oluima. God bless. A new season is finally here. Despite the financial complications that surrounds the, the transfer market due to the novel coronavirus pandemic, clubs have been busy in the market and cash has been splashed in, however, a somewhat subdued fashion. While the transfer window is still open, league football is back this weekend. In this podcast, we shall be previewing the season and weighing up what to expect in the next nine months from the 20 teams in the Premier League. Yes, we start with Liverpool. Liverpool broke the eternal jinx last time out, running away with the league. You know, 20 points ahead City, winning the league for the first time in 30 years, that since 1990. Yeah, they did that, and I don't see the same, or I don't see Liverpool winning in at least the same manner this time around. I don't see them winning this time around in the same manner because first we've got to look at Liverpool and their squad. Yes, they they've been incredible in the past two seasons. You know, 90, 97 points, only one behind City two seasons ago and then 93 points 20 ahead of City last season however you've got to look at their squad there's no doubt about the quality in their in their team but you've got to look at the squad that they've got and the squad that the other clubs around them have got and then you you look at the squad that and in defense for instance you think of Van Dijk what if he cannot play the whole season like the past two seasons. What he cannot play a full season this time? What if there's a niggling injury in there? Because of course, it's not easy as a professional to manage a proper fitness record. Of course, some top players do it, but it's not going to be easy due to the tempo that Liverpool have been playing. And they, they've just been incredible. Their fitness has been exciting for Jordan Klopp of course but then can they do it for the third season can they win the double that's a big ask for this current team I'm, I'm looking at Virgil van Dijk an injury today and there's no ready replacement for him in my opinion the same can be said for Trent Alexander Arnold yeah Liverpool fans will mention Neko Williams but we saw Neko Williams in the community shield and it was hauled off quite early, quite early by uh, judging club for, uh, we saw uh, Gomez, yeah, Joe Gomez, we saw him take on the right back position. That's, that's a message. And Joe Gomez is, in my opinion, fitted to a central defensive partnership with Virgil van Dijk most of the time. So these questions are there. Who do they have? Because really, I think for most of us, we underrate what Trent Alexander Arnold brings to the Liverpool team at times. We underrate it a lot. He he had the most assists only behind Kevin De Bruyne in the Premier League. He had the most assists. He had the most assists for a young fullback. For a fullback, in fact, 
it's it's amazing. He's like a creative midfielder playing as a fullback. And what he brings to that team, the quality of his crosses, the quality of his set pieces, everything he brings was instrumental last season. What if he has fitness issues as well? Can he play a full season considering there will be cup competitions and all of that? You know, in the cups, uh, it's been squad depth that has prevented Liverpool from actually lifting any of the cups. So I don't think they've got this squad depth. I don't think they've got the quality on the bench to actually replace the big hitters on the pitch. So, well, they've got a repl- they've got a, a backup sort of a, sort of a backup for Andy Andy Robertson. Yes, there's there's a new left back in the club, but is it going to be enough? Is it going to be enough? Can he really replace? Because at times he's got to be able to replace the assists, the industry, the energy, the the forward runs, the the dexterity that Andy Robertson brings on that left hand side of the defense of Liverpool. Can can that new left back? Pardon me, I, I can't pronounce his name now. Timo. Well, can the can the new left back there? Can he can he really deliver? when Andy Robertson cannot? That's a big question. That's a big question. And, of course, we hear of Thiago Alcantara joining, but then, Gini Wildnardon moving to Barcelona, but really, that Thiago Alcantara is a top is a top quality player, world-class player. His quality was evident in the Champions League, and it comes for a cheap price, relatively, 30 million euros. That's that's an amazing piece of business if Liverpool get it over. No doubt about his quality. I don't think any Liverpool midfielder comes close to the quality that he can offer in midfield. As an individual, he's a top player. No doubt. But the problem with Thiago Alcantara is his injury record has not been the best and he's not always far from the treatment table. He's not far from the treatment table most of the time. So can they really count on Thiago Alcantara, especially if Gini Wijnaldum is moving to Barcelona just to clear the way for him? That may create a loophole at times, but then, hey, Thiago Alcantara is a brilliant player, no doubt. Brilliant player. The Liverpool, Liverpool has, the, the quality Liverpool has got on the pitch is great, no doubt, but I personally, I personally believe that We'll be asking for too much if we demanded another league title, a double from a team that has amassed 92, 93 points and uh, 97 points and 93 points in the past two seasons. That would be too much. Well, it remains to be seen. They are still defending champions. Let's see how they do. Let's see how they go. Let's see how they go about it, defending the Premier League title. It's been an historic period for them, winning the Champions League and the Premier League in the past two seasons. Now they've got to push on. They've got to push on. They've got to really show. They've got to prove their muscle again. Well, next up we head to blue side to the blue side of Manchester. The city is in. We move to Manchester City. I've read a lot about what pundits like Chris Sutton. Uh, Michael Richards, 
and Gary Neville. I, I read about what they have to say about Guardiola and what they make about uh, what he would make about the previous season, what Guardiola would make about the previous season where they came second best in the league. I'm sure I, I totally agree with the three pundits that uh, Pep Guardiola would be feeling like a wounded animal, not just Pep Guardiola, but also the egos in the dressing room of the citizens. They've got the they, they 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 set some standards between 2017 and 2019 and considering those standards they they did woefully they performed woefully in in, in their perspective they performed woefully and of course they will be feeling like wounded animals this time around they dropped massively lower than the standard that they set for themselves when they amassed 198 league points between 2017 and 2019. That's a brilliant record. Liverpool could not better that record and they want to they want to show they want to prove to the world that they can play to that level again. Their transfer business has been decent to say the least. Decent. Nathan Ake and Ferran Torres are young and hungry players that they needed in specific positions. Central defense and of course Ferran Torres replacing Leroy Sané in the City attack. Competition for places in attack and competition for places in defense. You know at times Fernandino had to fill in for the injured Laporte last season. But then they've got Nathan Ake this time. And then Laporte is back, of course. Amid, although he's not going to, he's not going to be playing almost immediately because we hear that he's positive, he's, he's tested positive for, for coronavirus. But with him around, with Netanyahu around, of course, with Kali Kalidu Kulibali around, potentially, Kalidu Kulibali has been touted to join City from Napoli for 75 million euros plus add-ons. You know that's the that's the sort of player that you think can replace the city legend there, Vincent Company. He's got the qualities to actually replace Vincent Company, no doubt. You know, having those options in defense makes them better than what they were last season. And of course, that's a key part, that's a key part of the problems that they had last season the defense and that contributed to their nine defeats the losing to teams against uh, losing to teams like norwich for instance last season was down to their defense of course down to their defense so adding those three players ferran torres nathan ake and potentially kalidu kulibali is good business good business for city they've got a quality attack they've got a proper midfielder, uh, proper, a proper, in fact, world-class midfielder, Kevin De Bruyne, in it, you know, winning the top assist, breaking Terry Harris' record of 20 assists in a season. So they've got a good midfield. They've got, with those players, of course, with Nathan Ake and Khalidi Kulibali, they would, uh, they would have a proper defense again to go for another nine months to win the Premier League. So. City are favourites, Liverpool are favourites, no doubt. But then, what about City's noisy neighbours? Ole Gunnar Solskjaer has done a great job by finishing third last season and consequently getting United into the Champions League uh, in this season. 
Yes, it's a good job considerably for Ole Gunnar Solskjaer. But would he be disappointed with United transfer business this summer? Well, I have every reason to believe so, and I'll tell you why. It's very obvious that they discovered their transfer targets. They've identified them for quite a while now, but somehow they've only ended up with Donny van, Be Don van der Beek. Donny van der Beek, the Dutch international, who obviously was not their top target right from start. They're only three weeks before the transfer window closes on October the 5th, and they've only ended with Donny van der Beek. For the amount he was bought and for the quality he brings to the team, it is definitely a good piece of business for United. But the conundrum for United is United are nowhere near their top transfer targets who have been identified for quite a while now. They've been identified. United obviously need a central defender to partner Ari Maguire because Lindelof has looked out of sorts right beside Ari Maguire. They, they don't seem like a pair. They don't seem like a promising partnership in defense for Manchester United. Brandon Williams has been good competition for Luke Shaw, especially when Luke Shaw has had to be out, you know, when he, he was on the treatment table, Luke Shaw. But Brandon Williams is not adept to using his left foot. We've seen that over time last season. I think it would it would work it would work perfectly well as a deputy for Aaron Wambisaka rather than a deputy for Luke Shaw. And that brings me to Sergio Regulion. Yes, he's been in the news. What's in it? Manchester United see him as an option. The board see him as an option, according to Fabrizio Romano. They see him as an option, but they've not tabled an offer. I'll be surprised to see United walk away from a deal for Sergio Regulion, who has proven to be one of the young, is proven to be one of the most productive young fullbacks in world football in recent seasons. He did it with Real Madrid last two seasons in the Champions League. We saw him. Some excellent showings, excellent individual showings. And of course, he's won the Europa League with Sevilla last season. Of course, was part of the team that defeated Manchester United. And it's an attacking fullback. United don't have that right now. And for the price that Real Madrid are willing to sell 25 million euros, it would be highly questionable that United walk away from this deal. Highly questionable. I don't see why United should walk away from this deal. Because Madrid are willing to sell. Obviously, they've got Philan Mendy and Marcelo in that position for them. So, Regulion to United. United should get this guy. Young, 21 years old, hungry for success. He fits into the profile of the kind of players that Ole Gunnar Solskjaer wants in his team, except that he's not British. And then there's Jadon Sancho. The news of the summer. United want the player. Dortmund will not sell for less than £108 pounds. Get him if you want him so desperately. That's what I'll say to United. But then the, the move has dragged on. 
you know, with different sources coming up with different stories about Jadon Sancho. Okay, what do we have? The selling club has said it's it's they they've played hard. They played hard ball as usual. They won't sell less than what the valuation is for their player. We saw that with uh, Usman Dembele. We've seen that with some of their players. Of course, Barcelona had to pay 135 million for Usman Dembele. That was the set price. There was no negotiation. It was tough, but then Baka had to pay the money. I think United would have to pay the money too. But what do we have? The player himself has not come out to say, I don't want to play for Dortmund again. He's not come out to force a move. We've not heard talks of him forcing a move. The German media makes it clear that Dortmund will not budge. Dortmund set a deadline August 10. United have failed to complete the deal before August 10. United think is overpriced. Yes, so the British media says. What happens then? What happens? We don't know. The move keeps dragging on. It keeps dragging on. But something has got to happen soon if that deal is going to happen. Because they are just less than three weeks before the transfer window comes to an end. And that is United's stop transfer target. Ole Gunnar Solskjaer wants his man. United deliver, his, deliver the man. Deliver what he wants. Because Ole has given you what you want back in the Champions League. That's requisite and he delivered anyway. So he's got to, I feel he deserves whatever he asks for, no matter what the price is, because United have got the financial power to do something like that. You get the feeling that United may turn out worse than last season if they do not resolve the incomings and outgoings now. There are so many dead woods in this squad. For goodness sake, what is Phil Jones still doing in that club? What is Jesse Lingard still doing in the club? What is Andreas Pereira still doing in the club? Marcos Rojo is still in the club. These players are clearly deadwood, not in the manager's plans. What are the what are the plans to actually send them out of the club? Because they're not gonna get games and they're gonna be any money. What 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 are they waiting for? Why does it take so long to ship up these players? The question that we should be asking. United's transfer business from a distant look of things is questionable. Questionable. But anyways, it's up to them. United have it all to do. They have it all to do. They may be worse off because the, the teams around them, they've, they've not stopped strengthening their, their squad. They've been excellent in the transfer window. Liverpool have not needed to add much. And they've, had, they've made... Uh, They've made uh they've got a left back option now to support Andy Robertson. So and they, and they're still still looking very possible that Thiago Alcantara may join. Very, very possible. But for United the story is not the same. Donny van der Beek, good player, quality player, Champions League player, brilliant player for Ajax. Not what they quite needed, not the main target probably a secondary option and is in the club already meanwhile targets like a uh, regulion targets like uh, uh targets like regulion like jadon sancho they're not yet in the club we don't even know the center back united are chasing 
Diet of Pamicano signed, signed a new deal recently and would not be available until at least last, next summer. Next summer. Too many questions for United. Too many question marks as usual. But anyways, you look at the teams around them and they've done really well in this transfer window. Chelsea, I've gotten it right. Chelsea and Lampard may yet usurp United this season and reach greater heights. Their summer business has been simply sensational. Sensational. They were given, uh, they quickly, they were, they were given the money. Lampard was given the money. They had the money, of course. They saved enough to actually transact this summer after the transfer ban the last time out. But now they've splashed the cash. They've really splashed the cash. They they, they splashed the cash. They they flexed their financial muscles. They've identified targets and they brought them in. Timo Werner and Akim Ziyech were in even before the transfer window came in tick and fast they've, they've also secured deals for uh Kayavet, a generational talent top quality player a proven player from bayern bayer leverkusen they've got uh tiago silva an experienced defender solves a lot of problems in defense for them and of course they've also got uh they've got malangsa they've got ben chilwell quality players and of course, this afternoon, Fabrizio Romano has described a few hours ago that Leo has accepted the latest bid for Chelsea. And from Chelsea, I should say, they accepted a bid for their goalkeeper, Edward Mendy. It's simply sensational what Chelsea are doing because they seem to have identified all the problems they've got on the pitch. And then they're solving them in one transfer window, in one transfer window, bringing in Potentially seven players now with Edward Mendy coming in. That's brilliant. That's just fantastic. Whoever is doing the transfer business for Chelsea has done a wonderful job. Wonderful job. Incredible job done. And for me, they look like the team closest in quality to actually challenge Liverpool and Manchester City at the moment. Well, it doesn't mean that it's going to be plain sailing for Chelsea all through the season. Yes, they'll, they'll face criticism. Yes, they've got to actually prove their mettle. They've got their business done quickly. They've identified targets. And it looks like they are in an El Dorado situation at the moment. But then questions will be asked because Chelsea now... The expectation should be that they challenge Liverpool and City, without a doubt. And of course, probably go all the way and win the league. You can't spend so much money now and, of course, not face criticism when things go wrong. So Lampard has got it all to do. They've got it all to do. And they've got players, quality players in the team even before that. Now Tammy Abraham has competition. All Chelsea fans were, were crying out for a proper striker. They've got Timo Werner now. Christian Pulisic showed us what he could do at times last season. As, at least when he's given a run in the team, he's shown that he can be brilliant as well. But then, can Chelsea, can Lampard 
ensure that this star-studded squad gel very quickly and challenge Liverpool and City for the title? That's a million-dollar question that remains to be seen. The teams challenging for European places alongside the big four at the moment has got to be Wolves, Leicester, Arsenal and Everton. And quickly, I'm going to be looking at these teams as well. Now, Arsenal has looked a new team under Mikel Arteta and they suddenly look like a team that can play compact football, a team that can play properly. Yes, they suddenly won the FA Cup and the Community Shield despite finishing 10th, obviously, because maybe probably if Ateta started the season, maybe they could have just been better, but hey, he came in and they've got two pieces of silverware in the space of months. That's brilliant work. And also their defense looks like, on paper, it looks like a proper defense now. They've got the options, they've got Shrokdran, Mustafi, they've got David Lewis, they've got William Saliba, and of course, the most recent addition, Gabriel Magalhães. That's wonderful. Those are wonderful options to pick from. And of course, when a player like Pierre-Emerick Aubameyang is leading your attack, and then you've got Gabriel Martinelli, you've got Bukayo Saka, you've got uh, uh, Alexander Lacazette, Nicolas Pepe, and of course, William from Chelsea. They look like they have this proper attack, and you never know. Probably they'll push United, they'll push uh, Wolves, they'll, they'll push Tottenham, they'll push other teams vying for European places all the way for the place in the Champions League. They look like they can do that sort of thing right now, and you can't really bet against them. You can't really bet against them. Probably where they have work to do is in the midfield, but... Hey, they, they look proper. If not excellent, they've looked proper. And also, they've been told that uh, they could add Youssef Aouar into the squad from Lyon if Arsenal and Lyon can reach an agreement. Lyon value the player for 60 million. But then, can Arsenal pay that amount of money? If you ask me, I'll say no. But you never know. You never know what can happen. If Ateta is going to bring such a player in, he's got to ship out one. He's going to sell one to get Aoua in. Aoua showed himself in the Premier League and he's shown that he's a top quality player as well. You also look at the business that Wolves have done. Of course, they brought in a lot of Portuguese players, but then they've got quality in their squad and they are bringing in fantastic players as well. One player to watch for Wolves is... Uh, that Fabrizio Silver boy, he, he, I, I really, well, Wolves breaking their their transfer uh, their transfer record. It's now their is their it's now their record transfer signing. That's amazing, and I really want to see what the lad can do this season. It's it's quite amazing that they could go that length for a young player breaking their transfer record, but then. Let's see what he can bring. Wolves were not too far away from the Champions League places either. They were not far away. They were not far away from the European places, but somehow they couldn't hand in it. And of course, they will want to, after the signings that they've made, they want to show that they can actually do something like that. They've been brilliant since their return to the Premier League. They want to go a third time 
showing the world just how brilliant they can be and proving doubters wrong again. And then Everton, 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 bringing in James Rodriguez is no mean feat. Bringing in James Rodriguez from Real Madrid is no mean feat. A statement signing for a club like Everton. Without disrespect, a few years ago, you're going to say, hey, James Rodriguez is bigger than Everton. But somehow, with probably because of the influence of Carlo Ancelotti in the dugout, they've got their man. They've also got Alan from Napoli, another piece of good business. And now, of course, they've got Abdullah Dokori. And they've also got decent options here and there. Transfer activity has not been their bane in the previous season. It's been getting these players to play with some sort of chemistry or to play with some sort of understanding and to challenge the big six, the top six, to challenge for the European places. I see them doing this sort of thing this time around because obviously they've got a great tactician, a decorated manager, one of the best in history, Carlo Ancelotti, actually calling the shots. And then you have to you have to look at Leicester too. Leicester, well, a dramatic fall from the top four last time out, and they want to prove that yes, they can go that far again. If they'll go that far remains to be seen, of course. To me, they cannot. The quality that the the other teams up there have got now, I don't think I don't think that I don't think that realistically Leicester can challenge. But then you've got to look at Jose Mourinho and Tottenham. Yes, Jose Mourinho leading Tottenham. He's got the players, no doubt. And I'm sure Tottenham can play better than they did last season. Starting off the season in a poor fashion that ended with uh, Mauricio Pochettino leaving and Jose coming in. Well, they'll, 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 be definite, they'll definitely be targeting uh, Silverware. Silverware, they want to believe strongly that Jose Mourinho can deliver a cup at least. It's a serial winner, no doubt about Jose Mourinho. But then they've got to improve their style of play. They've got great players and they've got to prove their muscle. They've got to prove. They've got a lot to prove this time around. They've got in a Hoshberg and of course uh, they've also got in uh, Emil Hoshberg from Southampton, a decent player, a decent player that looks like a Jose Mourinho signing. Yes, and of course, uh, they've also got um, they've got in Joe Hart. Joe Hart, incredible backup option to have behind Hugo Lloris. So, I think Tottenham to at least a cup, a cup competition, they should win one. That would be a great season for them. But then the European places, they're in the Europa League, probably a shot at the Europa League. But then. Getting into the Champions League, not beyond them, considering the quality of players they've got, but the other teams are strong too. The other teams are looking to still strengthen. And if Man United gets some of the players that they have touted as targets for a long while, I don't see Tottenham getting any close to those European places in any way. Anyway, it's football. You never can really tell. Things can change. But then, you look at the teams in the relegation battle this time around. And for me, Aston Villa, Brighton, Leeds, West Brom, and Fulham 
are in the picture this time around. They've got to be in the picture. Can any of these teams from the Champions League and uh, the, the Championship emulate trailblazers like Sheffield United, like Leicester, like Wolves? Leeds is not far away from that. They've got a great play pattern, they've got a great manager, great fans, and great Premier League history. And they'll be excited to be back in the Premier League, no doubt. They've they've got some players that and they've got a great manager. So they've got some great players and great manager. Obviously, they've got Rodrigo from Valencia. That's a statement signing as well. I would expect that Leeds stay up. Of course, it's too early to predict the relegation battle. But then I would at least expect that Leeds stay up. I would expect they stay up. But then, hey, it's football. You never can tell. It's the Premier League, the best league in the world, in my opinion. It begins tomorrow. The nine-month journey begins tomorrow. Fulham against Arsenal is the first game. And then later in the day, we've got Leeds versus Liverpool at Anfield. An historic match. A, a very, very interesting way to, be, to, be, to begin the Premier League campaign for both sides. So just grab your seatbelts or... Grab your seat belts or just sink into your chairs, sink into the chairs in your living room, in the pub, and grab your popcorn. Of course, I'll be with you throughout the season. I still remain Oluema. Peace and blessings to everybody. Bye-bye.